Slug Nation. Today we're on episode number 64, Mark. Uh, when I think of the 64, one name comes to mind before anyone else, and that is Dick Trickle in that orange Schneider 64. How about you? <laughs> Dick Trickle, yeah, and the Schneider. He was in the Schneider car. He won, he won a race at Hickory with that 64 car. Hey, Griffin McGrath, how about that? Uh, remember him down in Milwaukee? We give him an interview. I think he got a, an awesome third place. Hey, for some of you older guys, how about how about Jim Courtney? I think he had a like a blue Ford, and I remember seeing it in a racing paper that it got destroyed on a Kakana. I think it even took the engine out of the car. It was destroyed so bad. And um, I think Russ Peterson, he's an old, older guy too that was from the milwaukee area he was in a 64 hey you got any more uh daryl gurkey was 64 he raced uh um around here and i think he even went up to oktoberfest a few times so daryl gurkey's another one that i thought of mike olson um rob christian so we see them guys around at certain tracks uh, as we do the local scene around here around wisconsin so there's a few more of the 64s than we've had uh, recently with other numbers. Uh, it's getting a little scarce when we're getting up there in these higher digits. Yep, yep. <laughs> Only certain people can be number one, right? Oh, anyway. <laughs> hey, you're number one, buddy. <laughs> Seems like everybody's got sevens these days. For, you know, local racing, there's sure is a lot sevens and fives. There's a lot of fives out there, too. So. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, 51 was kind of hot for a little bit, too, after Kyle Busch came up here in the late 2000s. But you're right, fives and, and sevens are kind of hot right now. Yeah, 51, I don't know where that's going to go now, now that Kyle's going to be moving on. So, Yep, that's uh, that's a good question there, buddy. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get into it. We got a lot of talk, to about, uh, talk about here, excuse me. Uh, let's go to the truck race at Bristol. Josh Rayom spins and Raja Karuth slides right into him. Unfortunately, you know there was a, a close call for Ty there. Yeah, that was a close call. Hey, uh, you know Derek Krause got the pole for that race, and you know, also a little Wisconsin connection there. Um, Zane Smith and Nemechek, both of them uh, didn't uh, they didn't get to uh, qualify, so they had to start the back. So that made it exciting watching them big hitters trying to come through too. Yeah, shout out Derek Krause. Uh, I was talking to him after that. Said great job. He had a, a great race as well, but great job on on getting that pole there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, every once in a while, you know that that vehicle is is fast. He just he always seems like he's in the whirlwind in the middle of the uh, competitive pack, and it's just uh, he's had a tough year. Uh, you know, once again, just missed the playoffs again. So um, hopefully, he'll uh, take another shot at it uh, next year for sure. I think we talked about that on the last podcast or maybe it was two ago where it just seems like he gets off to him and his team get off to kind of a slow start there. And then they, they come on and they get so close to the playoffs. If they could get a win or have a little bit better of a start, they would be major factors in the playoffs. Well, they changed manufacturers this year. So if they can, uh, they can keep that the same, maybe they can build something and they can uh, make something go next year. That's a very good point. Uh, Chandler Smith goes on to win stage one. Friesen, Kraus, Matt DiBenedetto, Enfinger, Ty, Eckes, Heim, Curry, and Crafton were your top ten. 
in stage two, Mozak spins and started coming down the track. Ty had to go high to avoid him there as well. Some trucks uh, decided to hit uh, pit road, including Derek, Ty, and Finger, and others that stayed out at the stage break, and that was the right strategy there. You know, but that Mozak, he was sitting there on the hill, and he just slid down, and if he would have slid down, Ty would have T-boned him. So uh, it was just fortunate that, you know, they always say try to hold hold your spot where you were. It just He just slid down just enough to give Ty a room on the outside of that wall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chandler Smith would go on to sweep the stages. Friesen, Eckes, Rhodes, Taylor Gray, Purdy, Tanner Gray, Nemechek, Honeycutt, and Zane Smith, your top 10 in stage two. Yeah, there was all kinds of strategy going on there because uh, once we start stage three, some pitted, some didn't. Some stayed out a very long time. Yes. Uh, tires did not matter, and, and in fact, we'll talk to Ty in a little bit about that. Yeah, so there was there was all kinds of strategy going on there. Um, man, 200 laps at Bristol, that goes really fast, you know. That is a quick race. Even the uh, media people on Sirius XM Channel 90 were talking about that pre-race, about how unbelievably quick 200 laps will go there. Yeah, what is it, 15 seconds, four, four laps a minute. So, yeah, if it stays green, um, yeah, you can rattle the laps off really quick. Yeah, what would that be, 50 minutes? I mean, under an hour. <laughs> That's hard to believe. Yeah, rush hour at Bristol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dean Thompson tries to block but gets spun later in the race. And then uh, some exciting stuff happened. Ty leads the last 45 laps and wins the race, locking himself into the championship four. Awesome job by him and that 66 crew. I can't wait to talk to him about that. Uh Ty, then Zane, Smith, Kligerman, Enfinger, Kraft, and Kraus, Friesen, Eckes, Chandler, Smith, and Hein, your top 10. Yeah, man, we cracked the beer right away. We had to run to the refrigerator and go get a beer, didn't we? Do some celebrating. <laughs> yes, we did. And and I tell you what there, he had to hold off those guys on a, on a few late restarts. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying, please stay green, stay green. And all of a sudden, there's another caution. Just like, oh, we did, did we really need that? But, uh, um, yeah, it all worked out, man. It sure did. And speaking of Ty Majeski, we'll go to the Lore Sports Hotline now and talk to him a little bit. Ty, thanks for joining us as always. How are you doing today? Hey, morning, Ty. Where are you in this world right now? Uh, just in Sandusky right now. Had the day off. We worked the uh, last few days in our Caledonia truck finalized. Fly out tonight, so we get the day off. Well, let's get into the uh, Bristol race, of course, the newest winner in the uh, Camping World Truck Series. Uh, hey, there was a close call on that first caution, though, when Josh Rayom went around. Uh, you kind of had to go to the top side there. Were you concerned about having some damage or possibly hitting the wall there? Yeah, you always are. It's just it's so hard to ski at Bristol because the banking uh, is – it just banks so much and it limits your vision. So when you go into the corner, you can only see, you know – not that far in front of you, uh, so you know, it was kind of at the 
bad at, at the worst spot I was at my breaking point at a point where I couldn't see. I knew yellow was out. I knew he was there, but I didn't know where or what direction he was rolling. So the first glimpse I got of him was obviously on the racetrack and starting to roll down the hill. Um, and so I made the quick decision to go to the right. And then he, of course, stopped rolling. Um, so thankfully, he left enough room or rolled enough to where... Uh, when I made that split-second decision to go high, there was enough room in between him and the wall for me to fit through. Uh, obviously, a tough situation, and it could have been uh, really poorly. Could have under a race. You had a great stage one there, and then you played some strategy with the caution in stage two. It looked like that was going to be the right call. You almost got back inside the top ten, too, and almost got some stage points there. Yeah, it was obviously it's a hard decision to make, just given how the race how the track was prepared there was no passing you it was almost impossible to pass uh even as the leader when you know i caught the back part of the field um and got and started getting to some of the you know a little bit more competitive trucks in the back half you couldn't even get to them like it, the dirty air was so bad you would just stall out and i couldn't even get within two or three truck lengths of these guys to, to even pass them just to give you guys an idea of how bad dirty air really was. Um, so given that, given knowing that, obviously the, the only way you were going to win the race was to do that strategy call. But if you don't win the race, uh, you have then just given up all of your stage two points. So uh, even with the five points of bonus I got for winning, I still lost five points to Chandler with giving up those stage points. So, um, if say we wouldn't have won that race, we, we would have lost a lot of points. Um, so that, that's the risk you take. That was the only way we were going to win. And, um, thankfully we were able to have a couple of good restarts and, uh, get by the, the 19, the, the 75 and, and, uh, and of course the 38. So, um, we would have been in a very tough position, probably would have been in last and eighth going into, uh, going into, uh, Talladega here without that win, given that strategy that we did. So that was the risk we took. We decided we wanted to go all in. We figured it was going to be tough to point our way in. And um, we just wanted to go for it, and it paid off. Yeah, speaking of the 75 car and that restart on lap 124 with Klingerman, you look like you really had to be aggressive there to get that position away from him. Yeah, I mean, if wherever you shake out after restart, that is where you're going to be. That's just the position I was in. So um, I was certainly going to do all I could and be aggressive, aggressive as I possibly could to get that spot. Uh, he was holding really tight. We made a little bit of contact out of, I don't know if it was two or four, but I uh, made a contact out of the corner and I was able to keep position out of him and, and complete the pass. That was, that was the race. If, if I don't get that spot, I don't, I don't win that race. So um, I feel like I've been, you know, pretty mildly aggressive all year. And, um, you know, Joe's been getting me on about being aggressive. And I told him I would when the time was right. And that was that was the race for us. And that was uh, the time to, to be aggressive. Well, it was very hard to pass there. And it's been noted by a lot of fans and media members there. But you had just mentioned to it, you had a good enough truck. We're actually on that, rest that crucial restart. You were actually able to get by uh, the guys that you needed to that were on the same uh, same stages there. So you had a pretty good truck to be able to at least pass a little bit. Yeah, we did. You know, and it's, um, 
a lot of it was done on restarts or a guy making a mistake and then getting on. Um, you know, I, I made a couple, I, I made a couple of decent passes, but it was tough. Um, it's, uh, I know when I got to, I, I felt like I was way better than the 38 when I got to him. I really stalled out. I was working him over before that caution with maybe 40 or 45 to go. And uh, I thought I was going to be able to get him in lap traffic. Uh, that's the only reason I was ever going to be able to get him. I, I, I ran him down when he had clean air. But when, uh, you know, when he was in dirty air and I was, of course, behind him in dirty air, it was, uh, I could get runs and formulate runs. And it was just a matter of timing it right to get underneath him. Uh, so it was just uh, tough conditions with uh, the way they had the resin laid down and just the, I guess the lack of laps on the racetrack because we saw the Xfinity race and the cup race wide mouth and not the truck race. So uh, just the lack of laps on the racetrack, the lack of trucks maybe willing to rubber in the top, a uh, combination of all those things just kind of really created a, um, a very difficult um, atmosphere to pass in. It looked like you uh, actually used the middle a little bit there in the race, and it looked like you were doing pretty well there. Why do you think the top didn't come in? And, and what is that correct that the middle was helping you just a little bit? Yeah, the middle was quite a bit worse when you were by yourself. But when that guy, you know, running the PJ1 was in dirty air behind, you know, in this case, the 38 was behind the lap truck. I would actually get clean air off the top. And um, at that point, it was, it was kind of a horse apiece. So if I, if I could have caught him in a position where, um, you know, he got himself a little bit off the bottom and, it got tight off the corner and was being in dirty air, and I was working the top and clean air. Um, that's how I was trying to formulate runs. Um, so, again, you know, it, it made it difficult to pass. That was my only hope, really. And I felt like I was really working them and, and starting to get runs, and I just needed to time it right to get underneath them. I felt like once I got underneath them, I would have been able to, to complete the pass. Hey, but at that race start on lap 150, the 38 picked the inside row and you got the outside. You had to like that idea. You had to be licking your chops on that one. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I was I had mixed feelings about it. I was surprised when he took the took the top. I think um, you know the, the key is the key was was if, if you if you didn't clear that guy on the inside by turn one, you were in trouble if you took the top. So um, I knew it was as long as I could clear him, uh, I was going to be okay. But if he was able to, you know, hang his quarter or hang his nose on my quarter panel, um, it was going to be that tough for me to, to clear him. So it was probably, a, you know, a 50-50. You know, he, I heard him talk in his post-race interview that his truck was not good out of the PJ1. So it was probably something he had to do to uh, save his race. In other words, I think he was thinking he would rather, you know, finish second rather than maybe taking a risk at getting frame train, um, you know, if I would have been able to hold it in there on the bottom. So I think he was maybe under damage control a little bit, and um, and it paid off well, and I was able to get a good restart. And, um, you know, he launched first, and then he uh, spun him a little bit, and then I think he uh, missed the short shift. He kind of ran first gear out too long, hit the chin. And um, and I was able to, to clear them by uh, by turn one, which was uh, which was the race. Uh, Grant Enfinger was also on the same strategy as you guys, and he chose the bottom behind Zane Smith. I was a little bit surprised by that, with Zane having older tires there. 
Uh, were you surprised by that as well? And also, um, did tires really matter at all? And tires didn't matter at all. So we, we, I ran my, you know, one of my fastest laps that last run. We had that restart with 12 to go. Um, you know, we were down in the 60s and 70s, and the best lap of the race was a uh, 64, I think, by Chandler Smith. So um, tires literally meant nothing. Um, so you saw Chandler, you know, obviously run run out stage two, faded, couldn't couldn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. Tires did not matter at all. Like within a tenth of a second, at that point, clean air is you know way overcomes maybe a tenth or a half a tenth gain on newer tires. So um, yeah, I was maybe a little bit surprised to pick the bottom. But again, if um, I was, I don't know. It, it's tough because if if you weren't on the front row really wanted to take the bottom to be in the pj1 because the top was so bad so unless you could clear yourself by turn one on the top the bottom was was probably better hey man after after the victory you got out of the car you or the truck and you you just kind of looked uh looked around and kind of soaked that in and then they booed you man they booed you because you didn't do a burnout man but uh, <laughs> it was uh all good stuff man then they cheered you on afterwards yeah, a lot of a lot of fans don't understand what all goes in these trucks and how hard these guys work at the race at the race shops. And I always get to see it every day, being there. And there's just no reason to put extra wear and tear on stuff. You know, all all these teams spend so much money on these engines and rear end housings and bodies. And there's just I don't know. Maybe that's the old school guy in me. And um, you know, everyone has their celebration, their little thing they do after the race. Maybe mine is just rolling up to the start finish line, acting like you've been there before. Maybe the old school mentality. I feel like I'm kind of, um, damn, maybe that old school guy in the new school era, uh, so to speak. But um, I don't know. It's just every ever since I did a, a burnout at at uh, at Oktoberfest and then went to following and blew the rear end housing out and in practice right before qualifying, I just really don't have any interest in really ever doing a burnout. It's just, uh, it's not worth it. But um, I will say if I end up winning the championship in Phoenix, maybe I'll, maybe I'll burn it down there. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking about being there before you and uh, Joe had a funny interaction. I was listening to your radio a little bit from home and he kept saying that you needed to win this race. You need to win this race. And at one point you say, thanks, Joe, no pressure. But he gave you more confidence after that, saying you've done this a thousand times. And your response was, yeah. And it didn't seem like you were super confident. You didn't want those cautions to come. But a uh, funny discussion looking back there. I was just, he was way more nervous than I was. I, I wasn't, that was really a lot of sarcasm saying no pressure here. I just, it was, uh, <laughs> he was obviously really nervous. I mean, I had been in that position over a hundred times and, uh, it was just another short track restart at the end of a race. Been fortunate enough to be in that position a lot throughout my career. And honestly, he was just making me more nervous than he was anything. Um, so I was uh, calm, cool, collected. I think he was the one that was more nervous than I was. So uh, just obviously to be put in that position. So many times throughout my career and then be in, the, in, in, in that position again at on such a big stage. Those are what I feel like, you know, things that, that – uh, professional athletes thrive on it, being in that position, that game seven, 
with the ball in your hands, and that was sort of our walk-off on the Phoenix. That was our walk-off to go to the World Series or the championship game. So um, you thrive on being in that position as a race car driver, and um, I'll glad I was able to execute. You led the uh, last 45 laps there before you took the uh, first checker flag in the truck series for your career. Um, got an awesome trophy, uh, got a sword. Tell us about the sword and trophy, and do you go anywhere special with the team? Do anything cool after the win? Uh, all the guys headed back to Sandusky. They drove back to the night, and um, I, I headed back up to Wisconsin Valley. So, um, but it was just exciting, you know, just winning at Bristol is cool in itself. Uh, being on top of the uh, rooftop in Victory Lane was obviously really cool. Things you see on, on TV and hope someday you get to do. Uh, it was just a surreal moment to just take it all in. Uh, you know, the, the sword was so cool. We had a really good chance at winning the Bristol Dirt Race, and I saw Ben get that sword. I'm like, man, uh, I want one of those someday. So it was just uh, pretty cool for sweep both Bristol races and get that sword. Um, I went and bought a replica sword for all my all my road guys to share that first win with. They've worked so hard this season, and uh, we've come a long way as a race team. And um, it's cool to um, be able to have the opportunity to buy them, uh, you know, a, a, a sword, and have them be able to remember it. It was a big win for all of us. Hey, I'm sure you got a lot of contacts after the win a few days later. Did you get any surprise from anybody that congratulated you on your win? I don't know. There's just oh, I think just the number of them was uh, was really cool. I, I know I got quite a few shout outs on Twitter uh, from guys like you know Keslowski, Josh Mary, Ragnar Childers. Um, so it's just cool that people at that level, at the cup level, are watching and um, sort of know my story. It's been an incredibly long time coming, at least it has been in my eyes. Uh, I feel like, you know, I've been, my NASCAR career has certainly been up and down to this point, and to find this opportunity with Thorsport, and then uh, in the first full-time season, uh, win a race and, and make it to the championship four has been um, everything that we had all hoped to be. Obviously, um, this tall order, hoping for something like that at the beginning of the season, but to see it all uh, come around and, and be successful and, and, and do our job. At the end of the day, I feel like if you've made it to the championship four, you, you've done your job as a race team. Um, there's so many factors that can come into winning or losing in Phoenix. I feel like if you just give yourself a chance, uh, you've done your job for the season. And so uh, that's pretty special for us to have done that uh, within the first year of working together. Um, you have a couple of uh, weeks to till Phoenix here. Has work gone on in the Phoenix truck already? Yeah, for sure. We've um, been restoring the body and, and getting it to where we, where we all think it needs to be and lighting the truck up and doing all the little things that you typically don't have the time to do within the, you know, the hectic race season week to week. So there's a lot of little things that we want to do to improve the truck. And, um, I've already been down in Charlotte doing some simulator in Salisbury there on their stem and we've been running static sim at the shop and um, you know doing everything we can to bring our best truck and bring the best setup we can um, to Phoenix and we have to cross our keys and dot our eyes and do everything we can to best prepare for that race. Talladega this weekend for you doesn't mean as as much as it would if you had to try to win to get into the final four or at least run well. Uh, still a race, though, that you want to win. What are your thoughts on this weekend? I don't know. It's, 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 it
carry that momentum um, into Phoenix and um, and keep winning. But uh, you know, it's obviously going to be an interesting race. It'll be a tough one for sure for everybody. I'm just glad I don't need to worry about uh, points. Thank you. Um, there could be a situation where, um, you know, towards the end of the race where I have a decision to make on who to push to the win and potentially that decision could mean, you know, choosing who I race in Phoenix. So, um, obviously we want to see as many source board trucks as we can, um, at, uh, at Phoenix and that's our, you know, our number one goal. Um, but, uh, just going to be. There's a lot of different scenarios that can happen, and um, I don't know. Might have some decisions to make. We'll see. Yeah, you can't pick your partner there at Talladega, but you sure at the end would like to either push the 98 or 99 to victory so you can fight them for the champion, huh? Yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, we all want uh, a championship trophy coming back to Sandusky. If we're able to accomplish that this season, that would be three in the last four years, so that's Obviously, incredibly remarkable and uh, just a testament to every, everything that Duke and Ron have built up here in Sandusky, you know, being outside of the sort of the Charlotte, you know, uh, click and uh, being out on our own in in, uh, in, in Ohio is, is pretty cool. And to go and compete at such a high level is uh, pretty cool. So um, just happy to be here, happy to be a part of it, happy at had the opportunity to race for a championship in my first full-time season. I know it's um, something that, you know, was a goal of ours as the season progressed because it became incredibly realistic that we were capable of doing that. Um, but yet, I, I think it was um, probably surprised a lot of people that we were able to accomplish it. And, um, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, did your win have talks picked up about next year already? Uh, I know it was not too long ago that you won, but have talks uh, progressed since then? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, we're so focused on this year, and you know, I feel like I'm in a really good position at at Forest Board, and um, you know, I feel like you know Duke is a little bit um, different in how he handles um, the future. Um, he obviously has a, a future and, um, you know, futuristic plan at all times. He's always thinking about his race team. But uh, at the same time, you know, his drivers, you know, really don't have driver contracts. They're more like, you know, he kind of lets you know you're going to be full time and this is what the terms are and this is what we're going to do for you. And, um, you just kind of do it. So he's incredibly old school in that, you know, in that, in that sense. But, um, he's a great guy to work for, a great guy to have a uh, relationship with, and and, um, and and hopefully we can build a uh, build a little bit of a dynasty here with uh, with myself, Forrest Ford, and and, uh, and Joe. I think it's been you know gotten off to a great start. Obviously, nothing to announce for next year. We haven't really talked about it, uh, but we haven't you know talked about not being back either. So, um, like I said, we're just taking all this season in. Hopefully, we can go to Phoenix and win championship and we'll figure out next year after that that's a good mindset to have because you got a lot going for you a championship to go out and try to win for you uh joe and thor sport uh hey man thanks for the time as always we appreciate it congratulations on the win you work so hard at this i know i told you that before uh super super happy to see it 
come together for you. We didn't have a doubt at all, but uh, super happy, uh, proud of you, and, and keep up the good work, and we appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for what you guys do for the community as well. You guys are uh, two of the best that I see at the racetrack from, uh, from week to week, so uh, pretty cool to do this little podcast with you guys and uh, help share my story. Yeah, good luck, Ty. Hey, be safe down at Talladega, man, and uh, wishing you the best of luck <laughs> along with the rest of the state of Wisconsin, man. We're all behind you. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me, as always. Mark, always uh, great to hear from Ty. I enjoyed having him on this season. How exciting to uh, not have to worry about Talladega, but also to get your first win and lock yourself into the championship for Phoenix later on. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know, Talladega, that's, that's just uh, one of the biggest uh, unpredictable races that's out there. Hey, he'll probably be out there trying to help his teammates out. If he can line up, you know, with another fast Thor, Thor vehicle, the 98 of Eckes or 99 of Rhodes, you know, if they can, uh, if he can hook them up and push, you know, we know that Thor is really fast at Talladega and we'll see what happens on that race. And of course he wants to win the race too, but you know, he said something there that caught my attention. It was, it could come down to who he's going to shove to the wind potentially that he'll be racing the championship. So that can go through your mind pretty uh, late in the race there. Yeah. So you're going to have to pick and choose as you're going 185 miles an hour. Or so, but uh, yeah, just get through Talladega safely. That's the best, best thing you can do. We all know that there's going to be a big one and, and it's hard to match up with somebody that you want to match up with. So it's all where the cards all fall at that race. Unpredictable. Absolutely. You know, the other thing I wanted to talk to him about was, and we'll talk about this later after all the races at Bristol, but it seemed like the whole weekend it was very hard to pass. But when he put those tires on at that uh, in stage two there, he passed the right people. And you, and you heard me ask him in, in the interview just a little while ago, he, he passed the right people and, and could actually pass, almost got back into the top 10. So he had a pretty darn good truck underneath him, and he was one of the few who could uh, come through the field like that. You know, the, Matt Kenseth was always so good at Bristol, you know, and it, and it makes you wonder how much of racing at Slinger would help to, you know, if you could compare. There's two different animals, but it has the same kind of concept. And I wonder if you're good at Slinger, that would make you good at Bristol. Um, you know, if you run a lot of laps at Slinger, if that would help you in any which way. That was something that would kind of cross my mind that I wanted to ask him. Yeah, I, I believe we talked to someone. Was it William Byron uh, that he said it was kind of like Bristol uh, Slinger? We were, we were in the rain. Remember, we were standing in a driving rain and we were getting an interview of William Byron. And yes, he did actually say that. Yeah, so you might be onto something there. You know, one thing I wanted to talk to him about, he talked to uh, on TV pre-race that said he doesn't remember this place being that fast, talking about Bristol, because he did have an Xfinity start there, uh, and he said, I don't remember the, this place being that fast. I wanted to talk to him about that, but maybe we can talk uh, to him about it later. You know, <laughs> Bristol, that, uh, everything happens fast at Bristol, man, so, yeah. Another thing, you know, about Bristol is, you know, I'll even find myself on high racing or, or even when I race that four owner in this year, like having to tell myself to breathe and all that. But there's times where you just forget, like I imagine at Bristol, you probably forget to breathe quite a bit because there's uh, there's no time to think about it. 
you're right. The concentration level is is so high <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there's guys that'll sit there and when they qualify there, and then they say, "Oh my God, I, I forgot to breathe." So you know, maybe the crew chief has got to remind you to do that, <laughs> do that once in a while. <laughs> That's probably part of the job, right? So, uh, hey, uh, congratulations to Ty. Like we told him, he he deserved it. He works his ass off to get to this point, find himself in the right uh, situation there. So happy for him his team, his family. Uh, I like that you asked him about Allie, too, because she did seem pretty nervous there at the end. Yeah, yeah, that was off off camera there, or off off mic there, just saying, man, she looked like she was going to cry, and they, they had the camera right on her, you know. We haven't seen her uh, around a little bit for, you know, so good for her, you know. She, she, like he said, she made a lot of sacrifices, too. Hey, what family members don't do sacrifices for their their racer so good all around good stuff man absolutely uh let's move on to the xfinity race at bristol then the stage one was won by ty gibbs elgayer gregson mayor almendinger barry burton hemrick castle and sieg were the top 10 there and before we go any further we should mention that this was the cutoff race of the regular season there so regular season championship was uh, crowned at this race Ain't that strange? The trucks have been doing it for a while. Cup has already been in it for a little bit. And, you know, Xfinity hung on for the longest time. Um, yep, so now all of a sudden we're going to playoff mode with the Xfinity series. Yeah, so you knew this one was going to be a little bit crazy there. In fact, in Stage 2, Castle has an issue. It ends up being a hub or a brake issue. They uh, they tried to fix it, otherwise he would be out of the playoffs, and, and they did their best. But uh, that's a tough task. Yeah, that it looked like that part was really super hot, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you're talking about changing something like that around a place that, you know, laps, we talked about it just before, laps click off just like that. So that's a pretty big change to have to make in a short amount of time. You know, and still be in the points, you know, you're trying to get back out and try to get some points. And uh, hopefully, you know, they're, as they're working on, on that vehicle to get it back out there, you know, they're hoping that a few other vehicles could fall out. Um, but uh, you, you never quit, man. But, uh, yeah, when they were taking that hub off, that looked like that thing was steaming hot. It did, yeah. It was – wouldn't want to be touching that, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um Gregson gets into Gibbs. Gibbs gets loose. He goes up the track and into Sheldon Creed, who made up so much ground that he was actually in the playoffs at that point, which was a difficult task for him to do without winning. They both hit the wall. Creed would be done for the day and miss the playoffs, and Gibbs went down pit road, but he was done as well. You know, Creed got better and better as the year went on. Still wouldn't be surprised if he pulled one off here at the end of the year. You know, he was just just wasn't relevant at the beginning of the year, and he's finally got the feel of this uh, Xfinity car and been running much better. And I hope he gets another shot in this new car because I think the talent is pretty obvious, and he came on late. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of bad luck this year for him so far. Yes, sir, lots of bad luck. And then Sam Mayer, shout out uh, Franklin, Wisconsin, Sam Mayer, Running second makes it three wide to get by two lap cars and spins with JJ Laley. Uh, the stage would end under caution. Elgire wins it over Gregson, Almendinger, Jones, Herbst, Hill, Burton, Hemrick, Smith, and Barry. 
So, yeah, it was, it was strange that with the one car that he was being so aggressive. And then they, they got really critical about him, about being over-aggressive with Mayer. And, you know, they were, um, yeah, I thought the announcers got really critical about that. Yeah, you're right. They did. Um, I thought it was very aggressive, but I don't know. I, I like what Sam Mayer is doing. Uh, I've always liked it, and now it seems like he's kind of getting into more of a rhythm, becoming more consistent. So I thought they were kind of tough on him at that point as well. But you know, Allgaier was going to win that race, but he got caught for speeding. Wasn't that wasn't that your pick for that race at Bristol, there, buddy? I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems like you know, and Greg and Gregson keeps winning. Yeah, you know, it seems like. All year, I just picked the right person, and something happens at the end there. But we'll get into that in a little bit here. Um, Elgeyer, well, well, you just said it. Elgeyer, who was the leader in Yaley, made contact again three wide. Yaley would go on to hit the inside wall, but then Elgeyer was speeding on pit road due to that caution, so kind of a double whammy there for him. Uh, he, he had a big gap to the next car that was pitting too, so he could have went 10 miles per hour under and still beat the guy out, so. Uh, unnecessary penalty for Justin Elgar in the 17. But there's something about them, them uh, stages that are on pit road in the corner. And if you cut that corner too soon, you got to actually go wide. And if you cut that too soon, you come to the next marker on the beginning of the next pit road. And he said right over the radio, I know what I did. He, he knew it. He wasn't speeding. It's just that he got from the end of one pit road to the beginning of the other pit road too fast. Yeah, you're right. The timing loops there in the corner are, um, boy, isn't that interesting though? How that that little bit of a a distance can make up that mat that much and matter that mat much. But yeah, but that's the part of the pace car going around, and um, that's that's a strange one there that you can't think that you can just go fly around the corner and then get back on pit road. There are some um, markers there, and yeah, pinched them, cost them the race, man. Yep. Yep, it did. Um, Gregson would go on to win the race, as you alluded there. Jones, Hill, Mayer, Herbst, Elmendinger, Barry, Parsons, Elgeyer, and Sieg, the top 10. Elmendinger is the regular season champion. Unfortunately, Castle and Creed missed the playoffs. Yep, two, two ended up uh, missing out there. So, um, once again, competitive Bristol. Um, too bad, yeah, too bad that uh, Elgeyer got pinched for that, but... Uh, um, all in all, good race. Yeah, it was a was a pretty good race there. Seemed like the track started to widen out in the Xfinity Series race as well, whereas it didn't in the trucks. I'll tell you, Gregson sure knows how to do burnouts. And, okay, you know, they keep climbing them fences, and, I mean, they keep going higher and higher. It's amazing that all of a sudden so, uh, somebody from NASCAR, like, uh, you know, we don't want to see somebody fall off the fence there. <laughs> them guys are crazy when they jump up on the fence. Well, all of a sudden you see them switch hands or kind of do that, and, and I think about that as well. You know, you'd almost think that the owner of the team, in this instance, Dale Jr. and Kelly Earnhardt Miller, would maybe say something. Yeah. did uh, When Gregson got out, didn't, did he get sick or something? It was on his suit. There was something that was going on with that, and uh, the, whoever the announcer was kind of backed off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he looked like he wasn't smelling so good right then and there. Yeah, he uh he got out, it was all over his suit. Uh 
he said he's trying either looking into it. He's actually going to see some doctors. So, um, but he's probably going to wait till after the season because of uh, the playoffs being right here. Well, it's probably because he wasn't breathing. There we go once again and come right back to that. That maybe that affected him. So, but uh, yeah, that was strange. He got out also. Oh, what's up with there? But uh, won't be the first time that um, a, a race car goes. <laughs> Uh, out the front door, back door. So anyway, yeah, he he actually said that it might be due to him not breathing, uh, but he wanted to see the doctors uh, first to say anything, see what they can do. But it'll be after the season, most likely. Um, and yeah. hey, I, I agree. Miles wait till the end of the season the way he's running lately. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so that's uh, Miles to go yet, man. Yeah, talking about the uh, playoffs here, Gregson uh, would be plus 46, Gibbs plus 33, Allgaier plus 28, Elmendinger plus 27, Barry plus 17, Hill plus 11, Jones plus 5, Clements and Mayer tied at zero there, Clements having the edge with the win. Uh, then Hemrick minus 2, Herps minus 3, and Sieg minus 4 going into Texas. Yeah. Going to Texas. So, yep, keep marching right on after Bristol. Yep. Uh, Cup Series at Bristol. A couple of right fronts go down early. All Fords, which was strange. Blaney was one and also lost a wheel on pit road. Pretty dangerous situation there. Yeah, that was weird where they were talking Fords and what the Fords were doing with that right front. And, uh, boy, people are really getting technical about tires lately and parts and um, the car is starting to really get uh, – It's uh, people's pointing their fingers at this car right now, uh, what's going on. Uh, Bristol is really, really tough on equipment, driving it into the side of a hill, you know, and over and over again. So, um, yeah, that's Bristol, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blaney had more issues. It was going to be a long night for him. Kozlowski wins the first stage over Bell. Kyle Busch, Briscoe, Larson, Bowman, Busher, Reddick, Byron, and Truex. In stage two, Almirola moves Sindrick, who gets into Burton, and Burton goes around again. Uh, Bubba and, and also Ty Gibbs have power steering issues. A few laps later, Truex had an issue too, and Truex would be out. Uh, I was wondering if the Toyotas would be in trouble there after that. Yeah, no doubt. Power steering problems all of a sudden. So, um, hey, they did a good job on TV showing that whole assembly of how that works. And, uh, you know, NBC and the USA team really does a good job when you open up the car and then they, they explain what's going on there with the reservoir and the steering column, everything. I always, I'm always interested in that technical stuff, you know? Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, Hamlin had a right front go down. Nice job, not hitting the wall, but the caution happens late in the stage. Yep, yep. Nobody ran him over, and he barely missed the wall. Unbelievable save. Um, Bell would go on to win the stage over Chastain, Briscoe, Elliott, Bush, Bowman, Byron, Dylan, Larson, and Harvick. And then the big news, Kyle Bush blows up. Oh, no. Yeah, it says woof on my paper, woof, and he that's what he did. And then they just follow him behind. You know, he goes walking down into the pits like this, and nobody wants to say boo to him or anything. And uh, 
yeah, he walked right straight to the hauler and uh, he met, he talked to one of his uh, uh, business people that was there. But uh, it's amazing how the performance of that 18 car has fallen off since since the announcement was made that he's not going to be there next year. Yeah, that was actually James Small with a crew chief for Truex uh, that they were talking to. And uh, Suarez would get loose after that, catch a Stenhouse in the right rear. They go into the wall. Bunch of people collected. Reddick, Gillen, Bowman, Dylan, Chastain, Burton all get a piece. Then there was more tire issues. Uh, Brad is the leader, had a tire go down and brushes the wall. Then Bell was leading and also had a tire issue. A lot of that happening lately. Seems like leaders, man, are having bad luck. <laughs> You're leading all of a sudden. Oh, there it goes. We've seen that multiple times this year. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in a moment, too. Um, how about this? Chris Busher would go on and win the race over Chase Elliott, Byron Bell, Larson, Chastain, Elmendinger, Custer, Hamlin, and Harvick. Uh, how about RFK? Well, time, but it's coming around, man. Did, you know, that, that team was in total disarray, and I think they've turned every stone in that whole uh, company, and they're starting to uh, bear some fruit. I agree. Um, you've seen Keselowski grab a pole uh, recently. Uh, Busher has won. Uh, they're coming around, and they're coming around quickly. Yeah, a little late, but uh, guess what? Uh, might be a force to reckon with. It's good to see Roche back uh, back up top again. So yeah, it's been a long dry spell for that team. And uh, so, yeah, good, good to see what's going on there. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. You know, Roush was talking. He was happy about it, and he's calling Brad the future of the company, that he's basically going to run it and stuff. So really cool to see that. It's, it's good when uh, yeah. teams like him are running well. You just don't snap your fingers and, and start performing. You know, it takes a whole team effort and it takes a while, man. So, and with this new car and everything, I mean, that's even more, more of a curveball for that, for that whole organization. So uh, yeah, good for them. They're starting to um, get some good results. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, unfortunately four playoff drivers would be eliminated after Bristol for the cup series. Reddick misses by two points. Bush misses by two points. Dylan misses by 11 and Harvick minus 24 there. Um, Harvick had a slow pit stop at the end of the race and he was not happy about that. He's also talking about crappy parts too. <laughs> he, you know, he's been quite vocal too about crappy parts. That's what he said. Yeah. He, uh, I believe he has a t-shirt out there right now that says happy's crappy parts or something like that. Uh, I, find that, I might have to look into that. Yeah, happy's crappy's parts. <laughs> I, I like it. Go That's for it. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so going into Texas, Chase Elliott would have a 31-point advantage, Logano 16, Chastain 11, Larson 10, Byron 6, Hamlin 4, Bell 4, Blaney 4. Uh, Briscoe would be minus 4, Bowman minus 6, Suarez minus 6, Sindrick minus 7. Yeah, so that's uh, yep, that's the top twelve there. So, um, off to Texas, man. Here we go. Yep, let's go right into Texas here with the Xfinity Series race. Uh, Brandon Jones was getting a push from Hemrick on the start, and Hemrick pushes until turn one, and Jones spins, saves it on the apron. 
no caution, but Jones lost a ton of spots after starting with the lead there. Still, that was a heck of a save to start the race, man. Down on the apron and just like giving her, and he saved it. Yeah, save of save of the race, sir, man. We just got started. Unbelievable, and lap one of all things, you know. Yeah, here you're on the pole, and now you're sitting there dirt tracking on the apron. <laughs> Uh, a couple of single car incidents happen. A late one in the stage sets up some pitch strategy with only a few laps left. Hemrick would win the stage over Elgire Hill, Gregson, Umendinger, Barry, Nemechek, Sieg, Gibbs, and Weatherman. Uh, Gregson in stage two, the best on tires at the end of the stage, has some loose lugs. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, has to pit after gaining all that ground late in stage one and setting up a good starting position to begin the stage two there. Uh, unfortunate for him. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad deal for him right there. And then after he pit, after he got going, he was having a vibration. Uh, you know, he was up to third when he said the vibration, so he was still running incredibly fast. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the crew chief was sweating it out, but it's just like, um, well, uh, most vibrations never go away. So that's. <laughs> And uh, usually they get a lot worse as you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Elmendinger would win the stage over Gregson. Nemechek, Hemrick, Gibbs, Hill, Elgire, Sieg, Jones, and Mayer, your top 10. Uh, Brown and Elmendinger would make contact, hit the wall, and spin. Castle, Mayer, Parsons, Sieg, others involved. Three playoff drivers in that crash. Yeah, so there's, there's a Texas big one there. Yeah, I wrecked all kinds of stuff there. Well, and then a huge wreck on the restart. Three, maybe four wide out of turn two. Nemechek gets loose on the top, starts spinning. Collects Allgaier, Jones, Hemrick, Poole, Graf, and others. Huge hit for Allgaier after getting hit in the right rear and turned head on. Yep, and then uh, what do we say? Whammo! <laughs> and it was on, yeah. Um, yeah, they wrecked a lot of stuff. I think it's the most cars that didn't finish the race at Texas. In a long time, so. Also some big hit for Nemechek and Jones there as well. Uh, obviously some more playoff drivers collected in this one. Clements went out earlier with an issue, so uh, Texas was not kind to the Xfinity Series playoff drivers here. No, Nemechek was, you know, four wide, and he just lost it right there. And and when you're a leader like that and come across the track, it took us, smeared off a whole bunch of them. So, yeah, a lot of playoff guys had trouble in this one. And then Elmendinger has a tire going down with two to go, and he was trying to nurse it to the finish, and he does so. Gregson wins his fourth in a row, tying Sam Ard. Also, uh, it's Gregson's seventh win of the season. He won it over Hill, Gibbs, Elmendinger finishes fourth with that issue still. Herbst, Barry, Creed, Mayer, Sieg, and C.J. McLaughlin, your top ten. C.J. McLaughlin, there's one for the top ten. Haven't uh, mentioned much of him this year. No, not too much. Uh, nice to see some of those uh, guys up there. But how about A.J. dealing with that tire issue, having to go so slow and still finishing fourth? Yeah, it's amazing it didn't come apart because you know what happens when they come apart. They blow fenders right off the car. Tough, big time. Uh, that's a long way to go with the type of issue like he had there. But uh, moving on to the Cup Series race at Texas, a lot to talk about in this one. 
Brad Kozlowski won the poll. We just mentioned uh, RFK getting uh, hot here to end the season. Uh, Truex would spin and back it into the wall. Not much damage. And Kozlowski was speeding on pit road, so he lost all his track position. There's another pit penalty, dude. Once again, and pits uh, uh, rear their head. It, it seems like every week it's a weekly thing with uh, trouble in the pits. Absolutely. Uh, Bush spins while running fourth and hits the wall pretty good. Bell has a flat tire, and then at the same time, Custer had one and slams the wall after overcorrecting. Uh, Bowman slams the wall while running eighth. A lot of issues here in stage one. Larson wins the stage over Hamlin, Logano, Suarez, Chastain, Byron, Stem Stenhouse, Kozlowski comes back after his issue, uh, Sindrick and McDowell. And, and before we talk about anything else here, Mark, uh, Bowman, it was just announced a little while ago, I don't know if you caught this, is out of the race here uh, coming up um, at Talladega due to concussion-like symptoms, and his hit seemed very, very light, but uh, here we go again, talking about that uh, car and the hits that these drivers are taking. Yeah, that came out today. I don't even know who's going to drive the car. I didn't see no report on that. But yeah, the forty-eight, he's uh, he's out of the race this week at Talladega. Noah Gregson is driving the forty-eight, so he goes from the sixty-two Beard Motors Oil Motorsports and uh, goes to the forty-eight, and then Justin Elgier is hopping in the sixty-two to replace Gregson. Oh, okay. So there's some little update late, late this afternoon news there. Wow, Gregson in the 48 car. Think about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see what his style is in, in a 48 car and see what he can do at Talladega. That'll be interesting to watch. And we talked about it on the last podcast. They really need to look at the car sooner rather than later. I know they are. Uh, but for a driver to take, you know, no hits light, right? But to take a hit like that to be able with concussion-like symptoms, um, this one has to open some eyes here. Yeah, because it's starting to get to be a problem here, you know, with Kurt Busch. And then all the drivers have been saying that they've been uh, – the, the hits have a little more sting to them. So, yep, they're going to have to look into this and see what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, Bill's uh, Bell spins again and makes contact this time, and then big hit for Cody Ware. My goodness. Oh, he just missed the end of that wall, dude. And, uh, yeah, it looked like he was knocked out or a throttle was stuck or whatever. Um, had an ankle injury out of it, you know, so he was limping around. But I guess physically he was released from the hospital. He was okay. But, uh, yeah, wow, what a wicked hit that was. Unbelievable. Um, boy, he almost caught that opening there on pit road too. That would have been really bad. Well, it would have been bad as there, there was a team working on a car in that area. That would have been even more catastrophic. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't even want to think about that. Um, uh, we'll talk about something in the near future here regarding pit road. Um, Chase Elliott blows a tire while leading and slams the wall. Big fire on his car, unfortunately. Uh, Blaney wins the stage over Chastain. Uh, Brad, Suarez, Dylan, Sindrick, Logano, Truex, and McDowell. Yep, Blaney runs good at Texas, so it looked like he was going to be the one to beat there, man. And then, of course, it wouldn't be a race without rain this year, so red flag for rain. Can we just stop that already? Why not, huh? <laughs> Why not? 
Yeah, the weather's been kind of uh, kind of not so nice this year. Absolutely. Uh, Busher would lose a tire and slaps the wall. Harvick loses a tire and slams the wall. Uh, Harvick's in-car video shows how violent the impacts are. There is nothing dissipating the energy from the driver, it appears, and uh, that was a that was a tough blow there. Yeah, yep. This new car seems to be just so put together that it just, uh, you know, you back in the day, you like to see cars fly apart in pieces, you know, bend and break and fly apart. It doesn't seem like this car, this car does. It just kind of crushes in and seems like all the impact goes through the whole vehicle. And I think that's where the drivers are feeling it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, Truex would blow a tire while leading and hits the wall. A lot of tire issues. I don't know what's going on there, but that needs to be looked at too. Uh, I have fear in my note that it kind of sucked to watch the race with this many issues. Yeah, the drivers are getting tired of it too because of crappy parts. You know, <laughs> they go back to Harvick on that again. Um, so they said they on Race Hub they they cut the tire. They actually took a tire and cut it right down to to see what's going on. And it's strange how some people aren't having no problems and some people are. So I don't know. It's got to be answered, man. We're going to get some more drivers hurt if they don't. Yep. Uh, and then Hamlin ran Byron high. Byron swiped the wall. Byron retaliated shortly after Truex wrecked and spun Hamlin into the infield. Hamlin retaliated by bump, uh, bumping the back end of Byron under caution after being told he won't be in second anymore due to the spin. Uh, you know what this kind of reminded me of at first was Byron uh, and Logano at Darlington earlier this year, but uh, kind of interesting. NASCAR missed the whole thing. Uh, there was a penalty to come down later, but wow. How does NASCAR miss the whole thing? How do they do that? Yep. I The pit, the pit crews can't fart on, on pit road and get away with it. You know, they're all over that. And you, you see this blatant hit on a caution flag. And they said, oh, they were all worried about the 19 car. Well, that was just a single car incident. And after he got on pit road, there was nothing else to look at. They Basically, they sugar-coated a turd. That's what they did there. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with uh, NASCAR with that whole deal. Well, I will say there's a lot more to look at than just the incident. They have to get the lineup right. There's a lot of things going in the tower. But you just can't miss that. You you can't. Um, unfortunately, uh, for Hamlin, he would lose some ground, and that affected his race. Uh, you know, did he kind of do it to himself by running Byron like that? Uh, boys will be boys, well, they, I guess. But they, uh, they showed the tailpipe. They showed the tailpipe, and he burped the gas pedal because you could see the flame coming out of the out of the tailpipe on the left side. So it, it definitely showed that. Um, he was trying to stay off him. Hey, we all know how turn two is tough at Texas, you know, coming off that flat and coming, you know, um, Texas turn two is, is really the toughest corner on that track. And when you got somebody on the outside and hot, slick tires, but, uh, well, <laughs> Byron didn't like what he got, what he got. And I think, you know, Byron's getting, been getting pushed around lately. And I think he's finally saying, you know what, I'm going to stand up to these guys and, and uh, yeah, and so he went after he went after Danny. So anyway, yeah, he is uh, one of the most mild mannered drivers out there. So he must be really frustrated with that. Um, 
Well, we needed another another rivalry, I guess, so we got one. Well, they're they're all over the place, but uh, hey, as this season winds down, it's going to see which one of these rivalries is going to go go sour here. Um, right. We're just going to have to sit back and watch. There's a lot of them out there that you don't know if the situation is done with or not. So you are absolutely correct. Uh, Stenhouse also yeah. running in the top three would have a flat tire and spin. Uh, almost catches Sindrick, who spins to avoid it. Tyler Reddick would go on to win the race over Logano, Haley, Blaney, Briscoe, Jones, Byron, Brad, Larson, and Hamlin. What a surprise win, man. But uh, 500, life at, 500 miles at Texas, long race. Yeah, so the eight car, he came in at, what, the first stage. Didn't he come in and he had an issue with a, a vibration or something? And But the, uh, it was early enough to uh, recover from it so he could get the win. Yeah, and you know, this is the fourth race in a row that a non-playoff driver has won. I mean, Reddick is a playoff driver, but he's not, he didn't advance into this round. So, uh, unprecedented stuff going on here early on in the playoffs. Yeah, so they wanted parity in NASCAR Cup racing, and they got it. So, wait till Talladega this week, man. <laughs> that ought to be interesting, too, for all three series. Yeah, man, Talladega is wild anyway, but yeah. Uh, with this new car and all the stuff going on. Absolutely, all three series there. Going to be a good weekend. Hey, before we move uh, into that and some other things, what did you think about the Texas Cup race? I thought it was okay. It was a lot of single file. Once again, they put that awesome sauce on the track. I just like, eh, you know. But if they're going to, they're talking about, I heard rumors that they're talking about what California is doing and, shorten it up or make a short track and just like what are you doing here you know um i know your opinion on turn one that they've kind of wrecked those um the racetrack that way uh more challenging um it's amazing texas texas back in the day you know they sold that place out every time and now they only got one date and you know there's still seats available there so i don't know what's going on down there in texas man there is a lot of talk about reconfiguring the racetrack or doing something different with it. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like since we're hearing so much of it, something's coming here, whether it be another track like Atlanta, which I'm not a fan of. You know, some people are saying no. maybe like Bristol, but three quarters of a mile. I don't know about that either. I, I, I don't really have an answer. I know I was disappointed with this race with all the issues they were having, uh, a lot of single file, you know, and then also, um, the Hamlin and Byron incident, just for a second to go back there. You know, when we went to Indianapolis, we kind of did the tour. No one was racing because it was in March. But um, they showed us the command center or whatever, and they said they could find the most minute detail and debris on the track. So how how are how are these things being missed? That's something I don't understand. Um, you know, and then how about uh, a thing we didn't talk about yet, but Ty Gibbs and Ty Dillon on pit road. That was close to being catastrophic. You know, and uh, that one there, I thought there should be a suspension for that one. Um, you know, once again, Ty is going, well, I'm sorry, and I got to do better. And you and I have talked about that, you know, and, um, you know, he does have to do better. It's just like you, you can walk the walk and do the talk, but, you know, he's got to follow through and start being a professional on this stuff. 
Well, that's the thing, you know, how many chances do you get at saying the same thing? Like the official got hurt with the incident with him and Sam Mayer on pit road um, at Martinsville uh, said the same thing. He said the same thing after that, you know, he got into Justin Allgaier coming to the stage end there a few weeks ago. You just keep hearing the same things. Eventually, you have to take action and actually be better. And I get he's only 19, and I do think that's a factor, but you have guys like Larry McReynolds, and I agree with him. You are in a adult sport, professional sport. You have to act like that. And I think people are getting sick of the excuses or the same response. And the same things are happening. It almost seems like when he puts that helmet on, he must just get he must just get so angered so quickly that he does something stupid. I think after he realizes, like, whoa, what the heck? Um, but you have to have to be better than it if you're him. He's got a ton of talent. There's no doubting that, but has to be better for sure. Don't tell Larry Mack that he's only 19 years old, just too. <laughs> You'll yeah. get a reaction out of that too. Yeah, uh, what did he say? If I hear one more media head or person say that he's only 19, he's going to lose it. So uh, McReynolds had some uh, harsh words about Ty, and I think deservingly so. You know, you're talking that's a couple feet away from killing someone probably. Uh, we can't be doing that. No, that's a hard lesson there. Luck luck was close there. That was less than a foot. That All of a sudden, they both, who was ever still, wasn't that the 17 car? That was there, and yes. after he went by, he turned and he and he looked at him, just like, "Wow, that was close." It was the seventeen car there, and then you know, Ty Gibbs also had a uh, incident under caution that no one caught at the time, but just came out yesterday with Eric Jones and and bumped Eric Jones a few times under caution. So, um, yeah, I don't, I it has to be better, has to figure it out has to figure out how to do things differently than using the car because um, either someone's going to get hurt or you're going to ruin your own day or their day. You know, it's have have to be better. On that Eric Jones, maybe that yellow light got in his eye and he couldn't see or something. Maybe it was like the sun or whatever. But Eric Jones sure snapped back and said, don't you ever do that to me again. So, <laughs> yeah, that was so, – uh, that was – uh, Ty put out the thing there saying he'll be better, has to be better. Okay. And Jones put it out there and said, don't you ever do that to me again under yellow. And they put, someone put the video out there and yeah, uh, not making friends and, uh, might not even be considered a, a rookie this year, might be running for rookie of the year next year yet. So, uh, not making too many friends early on here. Yeah, well, we'll see. He's more than, what is he, 99% chance he's going to end up in the 18 car. Um, so, but we'll see where the sponsorship and stuff goes with that. But, uh, yeah, he's got all the talent in the world. He just needs to, uh, he needs to just uh, get better at uh, being more mature. So, yep. And that's the thing when you're in professional sports, you kind of have to mature earlier um, than others. So, um, learning experience. I hope he does truly learn from it. I think he's a good kid at heart. I think he's a heck of a driver already. So, uh, I think he'll get it figured out, but, uh, like we said many times already has to be better. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it ends up in the Xfinity series. He's, he's in a, a tight battle with, uh, 
with that whole series that's going on with that too. So, um, hey man, it's championship time, man. Um, Talladega this week, ball for everybody. You know, the whole there's only one strategy that's got to happen is you got to finish. You can't end up in the big one. The lucky ones will get through and finish, and the unlucky ones will end up in a wad. And and yeah, we all know how Talladega is. Probably all three races are going to have a big one, maybe two. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you know. Sometimes Talladega, I think about that. But if you're involved in a wreck, there's a good chance that the people you're around in the points are too. So maybe sometimes it can't be as catastrophic as we always think it is. But if you can finish, you're going to make up some ground in a hurry. But yeah, you know, all of a sudden when a leader leader gets taken out or right up at the front of the pack, and then it's on, and it it comes down to luck, and more times than not, uh, you don't come through it very well. So um, once when they're done with Talladega, you know, it's just like I say to myself every time after Talladega, I love watching it, but thank God we don't do this every week. I just like that's enough of that. Let's get back to racing because Talladega is just nothing but engine horsepower and how far you can step it to the floor and uh you know it's exciting stuff but I, yeah like i say i'm glad we don't do this all the time oh i i couldn't agree more with you yeah we're talking late in the playoffs already we're talking Oktoberfest coming up here in a week um man some good stuff going on we just had the um uh down at the dells the tundra championship that was awesome uh, to see congratulations to Justin Mondike on taking the championship. Dalton Zier, who finished second in the championship, took the win. Congratulations to him on a good season as well. Um, that was a fantastic event. Dulls is one of our favorites. Um, yeah, we got Oktoberfest coming up in a week here. So, uh, boy, we're in. This is this is a good time. Some NASCAR playoffs, some big short track events here up in Wisconsin, and we're not done yet. No, no. Um, still in the fall, got a lot of racing to go on. Um, I'm sure silly season will still <laughs> keep rolling along with rumors and all that kind of stuff too. So that keeps you interested and keeps us rolling too. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, well, Hey buddy, uh, we appreciate you joining me on this all the time. Thanks for all the listeners. Hope you enjoyed it. I think that time Jeski interview was awesome. Glad he could join us on that. And, uh, congratulations to him again. And, uh, Hey, we'll, uh, We'll talk to you soon. I'm sure we'll talk this weekend with Talladega going on. And then also uh, with Oktoberfest coming up here, we'll be having a good old time. Yep, yep. I'm up in northern Wisconsin doing a Cranberry Fest. Looking forward to Oktoberfest. Baby, we always, always our favorite. It's uh, bittersweet. It's the end of the season. But uh, really super racing over there. Just looking forward to it. So we'll see you all over at lacrosse, huh? Yes, sir. Hey, we'll uh, we'll talk to you all soon. See you, bye. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.